Episode 71, Chad Peterman. Welcome to Gut Plus Science. Analytics about people. Insights for executives. Truth you can act on. A high-energy, fast-paced, results-oriented exchange featuring employee engagement evangelist and CEO, your host, Nikki Llewellyn. Hey, Gut Plus Science listeners, it's Nikki, and we're back with our epic 2020 lineup of highly engaged company leaders. I've got a president of a family-owned trades business on the show with me today, and he's also a new book author. Chad Peterman, president of Peterman Heating, Cooling, and Plumbing, is so passionate about company culture that he just finished his first book about it. It's called You Can't Stop the Growth, How to Build a Culture That Takes Care of Your Customers. Chad's energy for leadership and community is contagious. You'll see. All right, Chad Peterman, welcome to Gut Plus Science. I'm really looking forward to diving into your new book, You Can't Stop the Growth, particularly chapter four, where you do an outstanding job of helping leaders understand what it means to empower employees. And you give some very tactical steps to drive empowerment, ultimately building more highly engaged workforces, which is what we do on this show. So I'm excited to have you share more about how the book came to be first, because you're a president of an HVAC company, Peterman Heating, Cooling, and Plumbing, and you recently wrote a book on organizational culture. So tell us about your inspiration for the book and your passion for this topic. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Um, you know, when it comes to empowerment and and really growing organizations, when I first came into the business, it was a family run company uh, that my dad started. And I was really just looking for my kind of angle on how I was going to, you know, continue on the leadership. And, and what I found through working with people and growing our team is that the more we empower people, uh, the more that we kind of, uh, what's the word, kind of take off the reins and allow them to be great, uh, allow them to be what their potential uh, will allow them to be. I love that. I love that. So is that how you would define empowerment? Like when you think empowering employees, like let's level set on that kind of definition. What is that? Yeah. So for me, empowering people um, is really the, the the most critical piece is providing a safe place for them. Um, so they need an understanding of, I don't need to walk around on eggshells. I can make decisions. My ideas are worth something around here. And what we found is when we create a place like that, and, and it starts at the very top, you know, I, I know uh, I was just having a conversation with some students. Do you literally know everybody here and what they do? And yes, that to me, that is a huge piece of empowerment is that they know that I know who they are and they know that I care about them. And that goes for my brother, who's also um, helps me uh, lead uh, the company, um, as well as my dad. We think that's extremely important. And to me, it's a huge piece. While it may seem small, it's a huge piece to really setting that stage uh, for people to know that it's safe, uh, know that it's safe to make a mistake, uh, know that it's safe to take a risk, um, know that it's safe to uh, have a conversation. You know, uh, it, we're all in this together. We're all working at the at the same goal. A lot of places, I feel like, get into this hierarchical structure where, well, I can't talk to that person because they're not my manager or they're not, you know, whatever it is. The way I always look at it is we're all on the same team and I just happen to play a different role. Um, and what I always tell my guys, I, I'm the, uh, you know, I always tell them, you don't want me out there working on your furnace or your water heater. 
but uh, I, I do different things, but I can't do what I do without you and you can't do what you do without me. Uh, so we're dependent on each other. And I think that's a big piece of, uh, of empowerment for sure. Yeah, that's huge. And it even makes me more excited to dive further into the chapter that I love, this fourth chapter, um, because I think, you know, ultimately it's helping to build stronger teams. It's, you know, how to deal with conflict easier and just being more open and transparent, embracing failure, building just an ownership mindset in what you're doing and making decisions, all of that. So, and I love how you break down in the book, these eight tactics. I'm a, I'm a tactics person, like what are we going to do? Action steps. So we're going to get to all of this. So let's start with in the book, you talk about creating a foundation for an empowering infrastructure uh, in a company. Talk more about that. Yeah. So I think that goes back to, you know, what I kind of previously talked about is the biggest piece is you as a leader, understanding that you have to allow people to make decisions. You've got to allow people to create uh, their own kind of vision, if you will. Obviously, there's a framework uh, that the company's operating within, whether that be a budget or kind of, hey, what what are our main goals or core principles? Um, but you've got to allow people to, to to, uh, to really, you know, kind of stretch themselves. Oftentimes, you know, I always talk with our team and any leadership training we do that, you know, the difference between a manager and a leader, uh, a manager manages process, uh, a leader inspires people. And how are you going to go inspire people today? Um, you're definitely not going to inspire them by just telling them what to do. Um, you're going to inspire them by empowering them, uh, by asking the right questions, by helping them down the right path towards self-discovery um, and thus growth. Um, and when you have individual people growing, you have managers asking the right questions and they too are growing, um, what you get is you get a company that's always growing. Yeah. And when you started down, you know, answering this topic here, you had shared about, you know, helping them have their vision, of course, in alignment with the company vision, but helping them own theirs. And the title of chapter four is empower your people to dream big. When it comes to dreaming big, what is, I guess, some of that inspiration that you're, that you're providing to help people dream? We do a lot of things and it's probably my favorite part about being in the industry that we're in. Being uh, in the trades, uh, there's a lot of talk uh, right now about, you know, uh, college or not and, you know, just this big debate on, on where people should go and, and what path they should take. And, you know, we, we get a lot of people who they're in the trade, they want to find, they haven't really found their, their career path. They haven't really found what they want to do. They know they want to do something. Um, and so we take them under our wing and we train them and we bring them up and turn them into things. And, you know, the, the most rewarding thing for me is taking a guy from not knowing anything to he is able to support his family. He's able to send his kids to college and, and, and so on and so forth. And when we're, when we're, providing this platform. Uh, you know, I had a guy stop by my office this morning and he said, Hey, thanks for that book that you gave me. And this is a guy who he's a 30 year plumber. This guy, there isn't anything about plumbing. He does not know. But while we have grown, uh, also means that we need more leadership. And so he's been with us a little over two years and, uh, you know, he's kind of fought us on this, like, well, you know, I could, I could do this. And we're like, well, you know, leadership is a whole different skill set than plumbing. 
Um, you may know everything there is to know, and but that doesn't mean you you can teach and lead uh, a person. And so uh, he stopped by uh, right before Thanksgiving and uh, had mentioned that uh, he'd like a book to, to read uh, to get a little better himself. So if you can picture a, a plumber that's been doing this for 30 years and he wants to get a leadership book so that he can learn and continue to grow. Um, and, I, and I told him this morning, he stopped by to tell me how the book was going. He's a couple chapters in. He goes, that really smacks you right in the face, doesn't it? I go, yeah, it is a little bit different uh, as far as, uh, you know, leading people and not managing people. So as he as he's telling me that, you know, the one thing I told him was, you know, you made my day. Uh, you made my day when I saw that you wanted to grow. I saw that you wanted to get better. And I couldn't be happier to provide all the resources I know how to provide you so that you can continue on down that path of your own personal vision of where you want to go. And even things that he himself didn't see two years ago, he now sees it. Uh, he starts to see that picture of where the company's going and how he can affect others um, and the impact that he can not only have on his own career, but the impact that he may have on a guy who doesn't know anything yet, but he'll be in a better place to teach and lead that person if the opportunity presents itself. Oh, yeah. And what's his first name? Uh, Greg. Greg, big shout out to Greg. Rock on and a high five across this mic. That's so cool. And how rewarding, like that work that you get to do and just, you know, the leadership that you're building in people through, you know, the HVAC world, right? It's just, there's a platform everywhere to be doing this. That's just so cool. So when you think of highly empowered team members at Peterman, what traits do you recognize? So the, the traits that I, I most recognize are, are some that Greg has, a, a willingness to learn and a willingness to change. Now, some people say, well, I don't have anybody. That, everybody in my organization hates change. Well, okay, let's take a look back at the you, the leader, uh, and understand have you provided that, as we talked earlier, that safe space uh, for them to change and them to advance. And so what I see in the people that, that we love bringing into our team is a willingness to learn and change, a willingness to embrace what the company is about. And when I say what the company is about, uh, and I preach and preach, and and what I think uh, where empowerment truly comes in is giving your people something bigger to work for. Um, you know, if our end goal of every single day is just to install furnaces and fix leaky water heaters, we're going to have a very tough time inspiring people and empowering people to want to get better and want to do more. And so our big mission is to impact others. And we do that through the service we provide. Um, and we do that through the place that we provide them to come to work. And that's a everybody on board type of thing. And so the people that I see empowering others and that I know that they are empowered are those that are reaching out to not only help our customers, but to help those that are working alongside them. Um, we are so very fortunate to have some of the best people in the industry. And I know I'm biased, but some of these guys and what they can do and the, and the craft that they have molded over the years of experience, and then the willingness to reach out to some somebody who doesn't have that information, doesn't have that experience and walk side by side with them and teach them the trade. As I tell them all the time, that is what you are about. That is who you are. And while you may not think you're a leader because you're a lead HVAC installer or a plumber or whatever it is, you're leading 
right now and you're leading every single day because people are watching and people will remember you. And it's not all about creating this great legacy, but that memory of you helping somebody that'll live on through generation after generation. And that's what we're truly about. Um, you know, if we all woke up every day and said, well, I just got to go into work and, you know, mundane and clock in, clock out, that's not inspiring. And to me, as the leader, it's your job to provide that platform, to create that culture, to create that environment where people are alive and on fire with what you're doing as a company. Um, and that takes time. Uh, and uh, I, I just am so blessed. You know, uh, each morning that I, I sit down to write in my journal, I can't think, help but think about the, the people that we have here that we've had the, you know, just the overwhelming pleasure of being able to work with because they work each day to make this place better. And we couldn't do it without each one of them for sure. And I love that you hit on how important it is to have a vision that then people get behind, especially with embracing, you know, leaders of all levels, embracing, embracing empowerment. Um, you talk very clearly in your book about a vivid vision. You talk about that a lot and even, you know, in this chapter on empowerment, but I think there's a chapter just dedicated to that. How do you do that? So really recommend anyone that's listening, pick up the book. It's, it's really great. Let's go down this path of, you know, taking risks, embracing failure, you know, just taking ownership. Like, how do you see leaders in your organization, you and your team, the executive team, how do you suggest to someone listening how to do that well, how to help people embrace taking risks and, and to make decisions and embrace failure as a, as a positive? Yeah, so this is the hard part. This is the uh, this is the part that I struggle with uh, myself on a daily basis. You know, as, as leaders, uh, we have a lot of answers or think we have a lot of answers, and it's very easy to turn to someone you're leading and tell them what to do. Follow this process, or I put this process in place. Everybody follow it. What we work on constantly in trying to develop this skill. Uh, we actually had someone I think you may be connected with, uh, Jack Needham, uh, in uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, and did a did a uh, training for us that where he taught us to ask great questions and the process of asking great questions. And so one of the things that we've really honed in on is asking great questions. How do you take someone who maybe has made a mistake? and ask great questions to help them uncover the answer. Not simply looking at them and saying, hey, you did wrong. Uh, here's how to do it right. There again, there's very little empowerment going on in a discussion where you're just telling someone what they did wrong. There's a whole lot of empowerment in a discussion where you're asking great questions to help them self-discover what it is that I did wrong. And, oh, this would probably be a better idea. As a leader, you're kind of guiding that conversation, but you've got to allow the people that you're leading to discover what it is, uh, is the right path. And, and that's, to me, that's huge. I think the other thing that we really focus in on here, along with asking great questions is, and I, I know I've talked about it a lot, but it, it, it's huge for me is that safe space. And we focus a lot on one-on-one -on -one conversations between our managers and our people out in the field. We have the, one of the things that makes our business somewhat unique is about two thirds of our company never comes into the office. Uh, they're dispatched from their home. They go to their calls. They go around the city and do service calls. Um, and then they go home. 
And so they may come in for a meeting uh, weekly or, you know, an all company meeting each month or whatever it may be. But having time to sit down with someone and make sure that they're okay, make sure that everything in life is treating them right, understanding why they may have made a particular decision is critical. Um, and that comes with asking great questions. And that really comes of just caring about the people that you lead, wanting to see them do better rather than I'm only managing you guys so that you can give me a result at the end of the month or at the end of the year, whatever it may be. And I, I love how that illustrates to that difference that you pointed out about the difference between managers and leaders and, you know, asking powerful questions is one of the most challenging things to do. And you can clearly see like what that challenge is and you just want to hand it over, but really positioning yourself as a coach to them and really helping them to uncover those things that are within them. And, you know, what better way to learn a lesson or to, you know, make something stick than finding it yourself. So I just, I love how you reiterated. And, and the other part was on caring, just, you know, taking time one-on-one. -on -one. That's the difference again, between a manager, you know, checking the box on, yep, people are here today and we're getting this done versus going deeper and really, you know, tying the cause and, and that, that individual whole person into the work that they're doing in their day. So I love that. I love that. You, in the book, you shared how, examples of how empowered employees lessen stress on the leadership team. I thought that was interesting. Can you talk a little bit more about that? When I started uh, with the company in a full-time capacity, uh, it was back in 2011. Um, so going on just past kind of eight years uh, here full-time. And I think I was, when I started when I started in 2011, I think I was employee 21, 22, something like that. And now we have uh, we have three separate locations. We have over a hundred and I think almost one hundred and thirty people uh, as of uh, yesterday. And uh, the stress level, as many ask, like, oh my god, that must be that must be a, just a ton of stress. And you know, I can honestly say. I, I am far less stressed now uh, than I ever was at, at 20 some odd people. And, and I think the reason is, is because of empowerment and the, the culture that we have worked to create. You know, I was sitting around talking um, the other day uh, with our, our controller who's been with us. Christy's been with us for uh, coming up this January, it'll be 20 years. Um, so she's seen it. She saw it even before I started uh, about 10 years, 12 years prior. And um, she, we're working on the budget for next year and, and, and things of that nature. And she's like, do you think we can seriously like get there? And I go, to be honest with you, with the conversations that I've heard around our office lately, I think we'll, we'll far surpass that because we have so many people here that are working on making this place better. And I think that a big reason and, and something I've always tried to do and try to stress is to stay out of people's way. I think as, as leaders, we can, and kind of back to the point of telling people what to do, you know, I have one-on-ones with the people that, that report directly to me, but for the most part, I, I try my best to stay out of their way and just let them do their thing. Um, you know, is there some course correction every now and then? Yeah, absolutely. But when you're in a growth mentality and you're allowing people to grow with the hope that they'll grow your company, you've got, you're going to make some mistakes. I mean, even if you as the leader tried to make every decision possible, you're going to make some mistakes. So I've always found it better 
just let them make some mistakes. You know, that that's a good thing, too. Um, and more than likely, they'll probably make a mistake and course correct uh, far sooner than you would have because you're you're holding that uh, decision you made as kind of like a prized possession of hey I made this decision I don't want it to fail um, whereas you know they, they they course correct because they're right on the front lines and they can make make stuff happen no that's great and you know there was one other before we go into the tactics because I'm really excited to dive into these eight tactics there's one other thing that really perked my interest or peaked, you know, just as a hot topic, if you will, the negativity or drama is lightened significantly when we focus on empowerment was talked about in the, in the chapter four. I don't know if you're a fan of Cy Wakeman. I love all of her books. And I I think her statistic is that average workplaces, 20% of their day is taken up by negativity, drama. I sit on a lot of roundtables and hear, you know, top challenges that leaders have. And it's, you know, someone and how they bring just this negativity to the workplace. So I think all of us could benefit from hearing how empowerment is really helping at Peterman overcome negative attitudes. Share more about that. That is something we have not figured that one out. I don't think we'll ever figure that one out. But uh, what we do to try to uh, work uh, in their po- in a positive direction really is tied to empowerment, and that's that's really taking the time to explain why to the people, making sure that everybody on the team is on the same page. Uh, and I'm probably the biggest offender of this. I, I'm, if anybody would categorize me, it's the guy with a thousand ideas uh, that are always bouncing off your head. And, and I, I can see all of this thing and where it's going to go and all this great stuff. But if you don't take the time to explain that to people, they get confused and frustrated. And that safe place you were looking to create is no longer safe anymore because uh, there's anxiety. Why are you doing this or what happened here? And I think if you know if we took inventory of all the negatives and drama and all that stuff, a lot of it comes to just misunderstanding. When you have people that are on the same page and you brought in the right people to be a part of your organization, they all want the same result. It's just a matter of everybody has a little bit different perspective on what's the best way to get there. And so there may be strategic moves that you make and uh, things that you do, and you have a certain kind of outcome in mind. Uh, However, someone else may see that decision as, well, why in the heck are you doing that? That seems odd. Or, hey, that's going to, you know... um, come into my area or my department and that's going to affect that. And so what we try to do is communicate, communicate, communicate. Sometimes probably people get annoyed of hearing my voice uh, because I want to make it explicitly clear why we're doing things, how we're doing them, what the effect will be. And what I found is, is that the more you explain why um, almost to the point where I've given out any email that I send out emails are the worst, but email that I send out before I start typing about what we're doing, I put why and then explain why and then go into the what we're doing and then invite feedback. And hopefully that is, you know, part of building that safe space and then part of kind of eradicating some of that negativity, some of that drama, different things like that, because there again, everybody's on the same page. There's nothing to hide here. Uh, We're not trying to do anything mysterious. It's just sometimes we forget to communicate why we're doing things. You're giving some awesome examples of um, just excellent communication. Like you talked about 
the power of asking great questions, just focusing on that. If an organization just said, hey, we're going to focus on for the next quarter, just mastering great questions, like you're you're going to see engagement soar because you're empowering leaders to not be talking, but to be listening. The other is how to effectively communicate with whether this mostly written communication, especially like in a mobile workforce like you have where people are remote is why are we doing it? What are we doing? And then welcoming feedback on, you know, what you're sharing as a leader. I think just wonderful best practices for communication. Thank you. And here we go on getting to the eight tactics that you use to empower employees to do their best. And you focus on these to create your culture of empowerment at Peterman. So let me rattle these off in chapter four, and then I'm going to let you share some examples or some of your favorite suggestions or stories. So number one, uh, under tactics for creating a culture of empowerment, number one, help people create their personal vivid visions. Number two, give them a path of growth. Number three, live the behaviors that you want them to embrace. Number four, give them the power to do things on their own. Number five, let your people find solutions. Number six, be a giver. Number seven, forgive their mistakes. And number eight, praise their efforts. So I know, Chad, we've touched on a couple of these so far today. I'm going to let you elaborate on, on a couple of your favorites or maybe a couple of stories. Yeah. So um, I'll, I'll start with the last uh, is, is, is praise, um, praise their wins, uh, praise their efforts. Um, one of the things that, that I learned kind of the hard way uh, about being a leader is that uh, as leaders, we often forget to uh, tell our people they did a good job. What's the, uh, the famous, um, well, we get, you know, they, they get a paycheck. That's wonderful. Uh, however, if you want to empower your people, uh, simply uh, looking at it as, a, as an exchange of services, uh, there's not much empowerment going to be exchanged there. Um, and so a couple of the things that we've done, we have really turned into a award and trophy and all kinds of goofy stuff that people just have fun with. Um, so we have, uh, I found a couple of years ago, some, they were like uh, on Amazon, you could get these uh, like championship wrestling belts. Um, and so it, we have uh, a lot of our, a lot of our people out in the field are, are guys and they ate this up. So we've got top performers. We've got uh, most reviews, positive reviews generated. We've got all kinds of stuff that each month we have an all company meeting and we probably give out close to 20 awards that are just, and these guys, they carry around the belts, they put them in their truck, they do all kinds of stuff. And it's just, you know, a bunch of adults acting like kids, which is fun. Um, you know, we've added, uh, I've had, we got a couple of trophies, like our plumber, he gets uh, the top plumber of the month, you know, he gets a bronze toilet statue. Uh, we just do all kinds of goofy things that, you know, when it comes to empowerment, I think are critical. Uh, because if you never tell anybody they're doing a good job, you're probably not going to get that behavior a whole lot. Uh, everyone wants approval, everyone wants a pat on the back. And so I think it's important to, to go out of your way, whether it's an award or whether it's just, hey, going up to a guy and saying, hey, man, you had a really awesome month last month or hey you had a really great week keep it up i saw that positive review you had um and so i think that's critical on that piece as far as empowerment goes you know the other thing that, that i would touch on is give them a path to growth so this is the piece where communication is critical and it's really communication in letting them know where the company is going 
what is the plan for this place? And so what we've done is we, and you touched on it a little bit earlier with the vivid vision. Uh, so my brother and I, we write, uh, and I, I touch on it in the book too, on kind of how we do this process, but uh, we write out our vivid vision. And so what that is, it, I've got the concept from Cameron Herod in his book, Double Double, I believe it's called. And he talks about writing this vivid vision. And basically we write as if we're three years in the future. Um, and so we have a, it's a bro, it's broken down by every department and what it looks like and who the people are working there and, and all of that stuff. And I think that's very important on a company level. And it's also important for that person to be able to start to craft their own vivid vision. You know, as, as a company, I was reading this morning, uh, in, in a book about in a company, we spend so much of our time at work. It'd be a whole heck of a lot better if we went there to be inspired, uh, if we went there to do some good rather than just, you know, collecting a paycheck. So we work, work really hard on communicating where the company is going to be, what that looks like, and then what the opportunities are for them. Because that's, you know, people that want to grow, you got to keep growing the company uh, or else they're going to find somewhere else to grow. And I, I think that's the, the important takeaway there is being very clear on what you want to do as a company. Um, we're all about growth. Uh, we're all about growth with our people and then they grow our company. That's our philosophy and that's uh, what we'll always be about. But as you're growing those people, giving them a roadmap uh, of where they can go, where they may be interested in going, or even opportunities that they didn't even think about uh, that they may want to entertain at some point down the road. Chad, I feel like we could talk for three more hours about this. We're just scratching the surface. It always goes so fast. And um, I can see why you all are leaders in the industry. Just, you know, we've talked before on some very different stats on how you, you all are thriving with people. And I really see why. So for those of you that are wanting to go deeper into the book, I know Chad's going to be giving out his contact information in a little bit, so you can hit him up. Chad, thanks for taking us inside the cover of the new book, which, you know, as we're recording, hasn't even been released yet, which is just so exciting. Um, so guys, fine. You can't stop the growth after, after you listen to this episode. Such inspirational insights today on this topic of empowering employees. Um, Chad, a couple of questions for you today. I know this first one's probably a tough one. I know you're a reader. Favorite book or one that you'd recommend to our leader listener audience today? Absolutely. Uh, one I read a couple, maybe a couple of weeks ago is The Dichotomy of Leadership uh, by Jocko Willink. Um, he had a book before this one, Extreme Ownership. Um, and this book, his follow-up, which I think is even better, just does a tremendous job of uh, really talking leadership uh, principles for sure. Great. How about a favorite vacation spot? Uh, vacation spot. I actually just got back. Uh, we go down to, my family goes down to Fort Myers, um, Florida. Uh, love sitting on the beach. I always tell my wife, I'm very good at doing nothing yeah. <laughs> uh, when it comes to vacation. Uh, I'm good at sitting on the beach. I'm great at it. Rest is a core component of engagement. So wonderful. Absolutely. <laughs> and how about a favorite hobby when you're not working? Uh, yeah, I don't have a ton of hobbies. Uh, the work takes up uh, quite a bit of my time, but I love what I do building people. But I would say my hobby uh, right now, uh, my wife and I have a, uh, a 15 month old daughter um, and watching her uh, grow up is really fun. She learns something new every day, uh, which I strive to do. Uh, but she uh, she definitely does that for sure. Oh, very cool. And Chad, how can our listeners connect with you after the show today? 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if uh, you can join it on our website, uh, petermanhvac.com, uh, you can pick up the book on Amazon. It releases uh, early December um, on there. And then um, you can also reach out to me on LinkedIn. Uh, I, I post a lot of content on LinkedIn based on what I'm reading, uh, what I've come across, situations at work, different things like that to hopefully help people um, as they navigate uh, the tricky, tricky grounds of leadership for sure. All right, for the truth you can act on section. So I mentioned in Chad and I's conversation, he outlined eight ways to lead a growing company with a strong culture and happy customers in his book. We touched on a couple big ones, but pick up the book for a deeper dive. It'll be in the show notes. Here's my truth you can act on for today's episode. Number one, empower your employees to dream big. Create a safe environment for your employees to be themselves and share their perspectives, strengths, and value to the company. Psychological safety is a flagship driver for employee engagement, by the way. Spend one-on-one time with your people and illustrate that you care and allow them to open up on their ideas. Number two, paint a vivid vision. Make sure employees know where the company's going. Illustrate what the company looks like in the future. Clarity of the future helps employees gain confidence in their role. Chad shared that he does this on on three-year terms, painting a picture of what the company looks like three years out. Number three, ask powerful questions. It's easier to just tell people what to do, obviously, but it doesn't empower them or help them know you trust them. So ask open-ended questions that gain your employees' perspectives and ideas and ensure they know you're listening and really empower that decision-making process. Hey, this was a great episode. Thanks again, Chad. We'll see you next week on Gut Plus Science. We just left the world a little bit better. Now go do something with it.